Welcome to today's audio podcast from the Church at Bushland. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of the Church at Bushland and would like to enjoy more resources and weekly updates, we hope you will visit our website at thechurchatbushland.com or download our app for both iOS and Android devices by searching for The Church at Bushland. We'd love to know how this ministry is touching your life. Please take a moment to let us know by emailing us at media at thechurchatbushland.com. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so by visiting thechurchatbushland.com slash give. Amen, amen. That's good stuff. Thank you, kids, so much. Appreciate y'all so much. Hey, boy, that's a lot of fun, and Vacation Bible School is a lot of fun. Um, let, me, let me see a hand of people who have participated in Vacation Bible School at least once in their whole entire life. You went to a Vacation Bible School. Amen? Vacation Bible School still rocks. I'm telling you, that program's been long, around since Noah, but I'm telling you, it's still good. I'm just kidding. He didn't do that. But they could have had one on the art. They could have vacation Bible school on the art. That'd been fun. But it's awesome. It never grows out. It changes lives. And I'm so grateful for that. So thankful for that. Um, well, welcome this morning. Good to see each of you. And I uh, want to welcome our online audience that joins us. We have a very faithful church online. I thank you so much for that. So we kick off vacation Bible school uh, today. All, right? All the staff's got T-shirts. Press play. Uh, that's, that's the theme of Vacation Bible School. So after we dismiss out of here, uh, we've got guys cooking right now, uh, hot dogs and sausage wraps, bag of chips, cookies, drinks, all that fun stuff is after church. And so if you promise to give me just a little bit of time and not think about a sausage wrap, I'll get you to them, okay? I don't need anybody licking their chops out here. So, uh, but we'll get there, all right? But what I wanna do today is I wanna set up Vacation Bible School. I'm gonna take what our children throughout the week is gonna look at and study, and I'm gonna build a message kind of bringing the church into that. I think it's very, very, very important that adults are very much involved in what preschool children, preteen, and youth do. It is not a side act, okay? Back in my days when I did student ministry, the theme was if you'll take those teenagers and y'all go do something while the spiritual people have church, that'd be great. I'm like, we're not trash on the side of the road, ma'am. God has written something in the hearts and lives of every created being. And folks, let me tell you something. That what's danced up here and those little guys that came in here and watched and all of Vacation Bible School, that's not the church of the future, my friend. That's the church of today. It'll change a church, man. And you've got to understand that what God has written in these kids' lives is what we invest in today. Right? That's what we believe in, we speak into. And so I think it's important that we do that. And so all week, you're gonna see that at Vacation Bible School. It starts at 6 p.m. each night. Today, we're gonna be outside eating lunch. Uh, tomorrow night, on Monday night, we're gonna have adult fellowship going on at the same time back behind us. Uh, we're gonna have Chick-fil-A. Tommy will say more about that, but we're outside. Tuesday's blood drive, all right? because blood is life, amen? And we're gonna have life outside the walls because I'm gonna tell you, a church that Jesus comes to, <laughs> it's pretty simple. It's a church that has life. Jesus rose from the dead. Why in the world would a risen king go back to a dead church, amen? 
If he rose again, the church needs to have life, and there's no better life than not just inside the house, but outside the house as well. The greatest commercial for a church is for people to drive by a church and see life happening all around it. We're not called to sit in a box. We're called to get outside the box and touch a lost and dying world for Jesus, and that's what we do, and we love that, and we're gonna do that. you're going to see it all week long, and it begins the day after lunch. So today, we're talking about press play. We are pressing play, as Katie said, on the message of truth. What is truth? The truth of who God says you are. The greatest, 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 greatest message you can give your children is who they are in Christ. The greatest. Most powerful thing that you can teach your kids is who they are in Christ. I mean, when I, I, our children used to, they used to come home from school, and I remember Melissa doing this with Nally very vividly. Nally would say something about something that somebody said to her at school, and Melissa would look her in the eye and say, is it true? And Natalie would have to say, no, then let it go. If what people say to you contradicts the word of God and what the Father says about you, you gotta flush that. You don't let them carry that with you. You tell them who they are in Christ and you tell them the truth. And all the other messages they hear, you flush that stuff, man. It's like a bad toilet. You gotta flush it, amen? Stink up the whole house, amen? Just telling you. Greatest thing you teach your kids to flush. Keep flushing. Amen? You gotta keep flushing. And even as adults, amen? You gotta flush. You gotta flush. You gotta plunge on the side. You gotta flush a handle right by your forehead because you gotta get that stuff out of your noggin because what's in your noggin will start affecting your feet. It's just telling you. And that which is not flushed for a long time can start stinking, amen? It can start stinking. So what we're gonna do this week is we're gonna press play on God's truth about who he says they are. And you never outgrow that message. Three things I wanna look at, and we'll get you to your sausage wrap, amen? Number one that we're gonna look at this week is that these kids are known by God. Isn't it good to be known? You know, there used to be a popular show on TV you want to go where everyone knows your name. <laughs> and I'm not trying to do a commercial for a bar, <laughs> but I'm just saying it feels good, man, that you're known. Not known in an arrogant way, but known by the Father, that he knows your name. You see, he has written a story on every, everyone's life. Everyone's life. And what you're going to see this week in Vacation Bible School and throughout summer and what we try to do up here is every life, every life, man, is precious. And it's not up to us. The Father gave life. And he wrote a story on every life, man. Every life. Every life. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, begins this way. Then God said, hmm, then God said, let us make man in our own image and own likeness. That's where it starts right there. Who made your kids? Who made you? God did. What did he make you? In his own image, in his own likeness. My friends, you gotta say that because kids are getting lied to today. I mean, there's a ton of messages out there feeding on kids' minds and trying to get them off tracks. Let me tell you something the devil will always do. He will always lie, always. You may tell you something Jesus will always do, speak truth. 
speak truth. Listen to me. The enemy will lie, 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 lie. It's all he can do, all right? It's all he ever do. The enemy will suppress the truth. Why? Because if you can suppress the truth long enough, maybe they'll buy into a lie. Listen to me. The world today is buying into the lies of the enemy and suppressing truth everywhere you turn. And if you're not careful, you're going to get your chili smoke because you're going to listen to the wrong channel. I'm telling you. Daryl gave me a t-shirt today. I ought to hold it up. He says, wear it when you're going to say that. I said, I never know when I'm going to say that, all right? But sometimes, man, it's a Wolf Brand chili t-shirt. I'm going to have to wear that, man. So uh, listen to me. But, but the world wants to smoke your chili. The enemy wants to smoke your chili. He wants you to believe the lies that he feeds you. Why? He wants you to walk out a lie. Jesus said, I didn't come to lie. I came to give life and give it to you more abundantly. I'm speaking life into you. God made you and he knows you. God knows you. Go to Psalm 139 real quick. Psalm 139. I want you to begin in verse one with me. Psalm 139. Oh Lord, you have searched me and you know me. You know when I sit, you know when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You're familiar with all my ways. Before words on my tongue, you know it completely, oh Lord. That'll make some of us nervous right there. I'm just saying. Right? You hem me in and behind and before. You lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me to attain, too lofty for me. I mean, too not, your, your knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Verse seven, where can I go from your spirit? And where can I flee from your presence? Above all other gods, no other God says that. No other God knows you like that. No other God is a personal, personal, personal God. He says, I know a word before you even speak it. I know your thoughts before you ever think it. I know the hairs on your head or the lack thereof. He says, when you go out, I know. When you rise up, I know. When you lie down, I know. I know everything. While you sleep, my child, I work on your behalf because I'm a good, good father. No other God, my friend, no other God is like our God. No other God's like our God. Keep reading down a little bit further. You want to teach children a passage. This is it, 13 through 16. For you created my inmost beings. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, yes, because I am what? I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when you made me in a secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. That's our God. We are known by him. God doesn't have bad days and he doesn't make junk, my friend. He makes jewels, and you're one of them. You're precious to him. You're known by him. I want to ask you a question. Do you know what God wants from you? What does God want for you or from you? You ever thought about that? People always want stuff from God. You know, I need a GMC Denali, or I need a new house, or I need a new job, or I want this, or I don't need this. 
What does God want? You ever thought, what does God want? It's pretty simple. It really is. You might be thinking a whole bunch of stuff right now, but it's really only one thing God wants. You know what it is? He wants a relationship with you. That's it. If he who made you, who knit you together, all he wants, man, and all he's wanted from the very beginning is a relationship with his creation. That's what he wants. Because if he can get that relationship, all right, he can do anything. He can do anything. How many of you know about fire ants? Hmm. If you're east of here, if you grew up east here or came from the east of here, we came from Longview, <laughs> Woo. fire ants, bad hombres, bad. There's a reason they're not called, you know, just ants. They're called fire ants. Because that's what you feel like when they get a hold of you. And they get a hold of you quick. They're there are ranchers east of here, especially East Texas. You can get over by Dallas Forward there. You probably can get off the Cap Rock and run into it too. But wherever they get consistent rain where that ground's a little softer than we have out here, all right, you can get fire ants and they, they'd be bad. Ranchers lose a lot of cattle a year because they can't get a calf off the ground quick enough and the fire ants kill it. There's a lot of deer that are just, the population of deer have declined over the years because fire ants kill a lot of young Young foes, young deer, you can't get them up quick enough. Fire ants are bad hombres. If you get a fire ant bed that comes in your yard, mm, that's bad. You think gophers are bad. Fire ants, bad. So what you want to do is you got this fire ant bed, and what you really want to do, even though you love your neighbor really, 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 really a lot, you would love to communicate to the fire ants that they would please go next door. You're not asking for a lot from these guys, and it's not a big move, and it won't cost much. You're just asking, can you please just hop the line, all right? I love my neighbor. Can you move over? So how in the world would you convince a group of ants, fire ants, to get out of your yard? What are you going to do that? You're going to yell at them? Hey, get out of my yard. That ain't going to work. Your neighbors are going to call you in, but that's not going to work. They're not moving, all right? They just get bigger and bigger, the mounds do. Well, that's kind of what the world looks like. We sit here on this big dirt ball, and if you look at an ant bed, and if you look at a bunch of fire ants, they're just walking all over each other, like Sonsi, they're just driving all over each other, and they're just all over the place like Walmart, and they're like sometimes rude, you know, like the world sometimes. I mean, they're just everywhere. It's chaotic, it's messy, it's crazy, it's gross, you don't know what to do. I mean, I'm, I'm sure you would love to be able to communicate to that. That's what God thought. My people are lost without me. They don't know what to do. They're running around like chicken with their head cut off. There's all over the place. So how do you communicate the fire ants? <laughs> you become one. You become one. And Jesus became like us so that he might have a relationship with us. So he might, through the Holy Spirit, give us direction, clarity. He would calm the voices that are speaking to us negative words. He would speak the word through the Holy Spirit that lives inside of us. And he would speak life into us. God loved us so much that he became like us. 
so he could be with us, have relationship. If you're here today and you're still just kind of running all over the mound, man, like a bunch of crazy fire ants trying to figure out which way is up, can I tell you which way is up? The cross. His name is Jesus. He knows you. And what he came for is a relationship with you. Because why? He wants to communicate to you. He wants to communicate to you. Above all the ants in this world, he knows you by name. He knows you by name. So the kids are going to look at being known. You never outgrow being known, man. Never. Number two, forgiven. Forgiven. They're going to understand they're forgiven. See, John 3, 16, as Pax read earlier, for God so loved the world, God so loved me, that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever, whosoever, whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Romans 3, 23, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That's not good news. All of us, my friend, are a mess. All of us need Jesus. All of us need the cross. All of us need Calvary. He came for all of us. We're all whosoever's. All of us. Romans 6, 23, for the wages of this sin that we all have is death. But there's a gift, gift from God. It's a gift of eternal life. Romans 5, 8 says, God demonstrated. Mm, yes, he did. He became an ant. Right? He demonstrated his love for us that while we were yet sinners, a mess, a mess, he died for you. Before you were ever thinking of him, he was thinking of you. Before you could ever do anything to show love and gratitude and thanks to him, he gave everything for you. Can't say enough what he did. Look over at Romans 10. Just go there with me briefly. Romans 10, look at 9 and 10. Here's how that relationship happens. It's not enough that he did it. It's enough that you have to believe that he did it and ask him to save you, that you know you're a sinner and you need a savior. That if we confess with our mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. It's not enough just to believe. Can I say that to you? The Bible tells us that even demons believe and shudder. It's not enough to believe. I say, I, people say, well, I believe in Jesus, but have you confessed him as your Savior? Well, I ain't done that, and you're not born again. It's not enough just to believe. Scripture says that you got to profess it with your mouth. Look at verse 13. For everyone, the whosoever's, the everyone's who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. That's not my word. That's God Almighty. That's the creator. That's the one who made you in his image. That's the one who became us to have relationship with us. That's the one who went to Calvary for you and took your place. The spotless lamb of God says, if you will call on my name, I will save you. It'll happen just like that. Just like that. You say, how can he take this mess and just like that make it new? 
<laughs> Welcome to God. That's what he does. That's what he does. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says, therefore, if you're in Christ, anyone is in Christ. He's a new creation. The old is gone, my friend. The new has come. You're buried with Christ in baptism, mm, raised just like him to walk a new life. And so, man, my past is ugly. Good, it's your story. Don't hide your story. Tell your story. Yeah, I was once blind, but now I see. Mm. I was once without hope, but now I got hope. I was once this person, but I'm not that person anymore, all right? I can't believe you were that person. Oh, I was that person. I was this person before Christ, but after the tomb and after being raised again, I am this person. Listen to me. You got the greatest, the second greatest story ever told. Jesus is the greatest story ever told. You better tell your story because Psalm 40 tells us that many will hear and many will see and many will put their faith in him. You got to tell your story, man. You're forgiven. You're forgiven. Not only are you forgiven, but because you're forgiven by him and you receive him as Savior and he comes inside of you through the Holy Spirit of God to give you new life, all right? Because you're forgiven, we are called to forgive. There's nobody, 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 nobody that knows what forgiveness feels like than someone that's been forgiven. You look at your life. He forgave you and made you new. How dare us, after the cross, not give the same forgiveness to a brother or sister? That's wrong, man. That's wrong. We're forgiven much so we can forgive much. We never, that's the greatest example of Jesus in the world, man, is forgiveness. The greatest. You're known by him and you're forgiven. And last, they're going to learn to make a difference. Make a difference. Ephesians 2.10 says this, for we, for you, are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God has prepared in advance for us to do. Listen to me. You're not going to get saved. You're not earning salvation. You cannot be saved by doing good works. That is not what that says. It's not what it means. It's not what you do. You cannot serve your way in church to heaven. You can't. Now, serving is a good thing, and serving in the church is beautiful, but if you're going to serve in the church and serve people, don't serve them to earn salvation, which can only be given to you as a free gift by Jesus so no man may boast. Salvation is from Jesus, not by anything that we do. There's many a people that believe that they can do enough good things, even in church, and God's gonna remember all the good things that we did in church, all right? And one day, if our good stack's bigger than our little stack of bad things we were in, mm -mm, don't work like that. And I've said it before, if we could do it, why did he have to? Simple as that. Jeremiah 29, 11, a verse we all know. For I know the plans I have for you. I love this, declares the Lord. I know the plans I have for you. <laughs> That's one thing if I say that. It's another thing if the God that created you says it. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. 
the one who made you, knit you together in your mother's womb, calls you fearfully and wonderfully made. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says this, trust in the Lord with all your heart, all of your heart. Lean not on what? Your own understanding, but in all of your ways. You trust the Lord and he will lead you. He'll make your path straight. My friends, every one of us in this room can make a difference. We're called to make a difference. No matter where you find yourself, you're right where God wants you to be. You've got to understand that. James 1.1, James, James is writing the book of James, and he says to the 12 tribes scattered among the nations. Can I tell you something? All those 12 tribes, not every one of them were tickled pink about their location. There's a whole bunch of them graphing. Man, we got a raw deal, man. We stuck out here in the panhandle. We ain't got no trees. It's dry. Wind blows all the time. Why in the God's name are y'all living out here? All right? I'm living out here because God planted me out here. When he plants me out here, he wants me to bloom for him. That's it. No matter where you find yourself, I, all my years of student ministry, I had kids gripe about their jobs. All I do is flip French fries, Jeff. Salt, flip, salt, flip. Do they know what they got? I don't know. Why don't you show them what they got? Why don't you bloom where you're planted so God can trust you with more? Too many of us are taking our location, our situation, and instead of blooming there, we gripe. Why in the world would God move something that gripes to another location for more griping? I don't think that's necessary. How's that grow the kingdom? How's that good for anybody? Amen? Understand something. Whether the choice you made got you there or the choices somebody else made got you there, you're not there by accident, and it's not a mystery you're there. God ordains your steps. Amen? If he says, I know where my kids are, and my kids will never take a step, I'm not there. All right? Then right where God finds you in this moment, in this situation, in these circumstances, as bad as it is, as ugly as it is, as much as you don't want to be there in that job, as much as you don't like this town, as much as you don't like this area, and you think this, you think that, you think that, all of that is off the shelf. Doesn't matter. What matters is, is you're there for one reason, and that's to bring glory and honor to God. And if you'll start bringing honor and glory to God, maybe he will move you somewhere you think you should be. Because if he moved you right now, it's not fair to those people that are about to get you. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that was really honest. But, but I'm telling you, why in the world would God do that to people he already loves? Look what I brought you, huh? All right? I thought you loved me. Listen to me. You got to bloom where you're planted, amen? You're not there by accident. Quit whining and griping about it. You've been doing it for three years. Where's that got you? French fries, salt. French fries, salt. You think you should make a Big Mac? Well, you're going to have to figure out how to do that, okay? You're going to have to be trusted with that, all right? I'm sorry. That's what you, I'm like, dude, wake up and smell the coffee. You got to bloom where you're planted. Every one of us are put somewhere. And let me tell you something about being placed somewhere. You might go find you another job, but if you, you don't pass the test that God wanted you to pass at that location, finding another job doesn't change the test. Follows you. It does. Once you pass the test, so you never have to take it again. And then he puts you somewhere. But if you're not, if you're gonna fight against God and tell him how bad you are, how bad this situation is, you got the jokers and everybody else got the aces. 
And you're going to stay there with the jokers. We are called to bloom where we are planted. All my years of pastoring, when I walk around and give high fives to kids during vacation Bible school, it's one of the greatest joys. It's so much fun. When I walk down to the preschool and walk down to children's ministry or walk over on preteen or even when I was doing student ministry work, you just see yourself in all those kids. To be known, to be forgiven, to know you have a purpose. I was not that kid. I was the kid that nobody knew, nobody saw. Trouble speaking, stutter real bad, couldn't read real well, still can't spell worth a darn, all right? Thank goodness for phones, all right? I just get close now, amen? <laughs> so I was that kid. I was. But there was one person, <laughs> my second grade, my second time in second grade, who was there the first time I went to second grade too, but I didn't see her. She bloomed where she was planted. She's a cafeteria worker. I called her Miss A. In my second year of second grade, I never got to go with my class. I ate with the hairnet ladies, if you don't know that. Those are the ladies that are doing the corn dogs and the tater tots at the school lunch. They have to eat too. So one thing going with them is you got all the tater tots you ever wanted, amen, and every bit of them corn dogs could go your way. So it did have benefits, amen. <laughs> Woo, bring it on. They emptied out the kitchen. I was like, this is great, all right? So, but Miss A stuck an arthritic finger, all knotted up finger in my chest as a young man and said, Jeff Ponder, you were born to lead. God's going to do great things in your life. At that moment in my life, stuttering, going to reading labs, watching a ball bounce and hit a word and trying to pronounce it, mm, I wasn't that kid. Those, those, those words echo in my life all the time, even today. She's in heaven. Can't wait to hug her. But listen to me. Wherever you find yourself, man, you got to bloom, man. You're not there by accident. Your steps have been ordained. Open your eyes and get them off yourself and just see selfish little me and what I need and look at people around you and see what God can do in your life. There are adults that are going to work in vacation Bible school this week. Open your eyes. Speak life into a kid that changes life forever. Remember all these kids that are involved in vacation Bible school. There'll be some kids, I guarantee it happens every year, that'll come one night. They might be here visiting grandparents. One night they come. And God will speak a word one night that'll echo for eternity. Vacation Bible school is absolutely a beautiful, beautiful week where you speak life, okay, that God's already screaming from heaven in them. You're known. You're forgiven. Oh, he wrote something on you, man. Go make a difference. Go make a difference. If you are in, if you are planning to participate in vacation Bible school as a child or a kid, I'm going to ask you to stand in the room. Many of them aren't in here, but if you're in here and you're going to vacation Bible school, uh, stand. I'm, you're not going to have to come up here and preach, I promise. Uh, uh, if you are working in vacation Bible school, 
any, doing anything, serving ice cream, anything. If you're working in vacation Bible school, if you're staying at the same time. Amen. Bunch of you. Thank you. Church, I'm going to invite you to stand. Yeah, give him a hand. I'm going to invite the church to stand. We're going to close this way. Tommy's going to come up after me and give some instructions about the sausage wrap some of y'all have been thinking about since I started. <laughs> but I want to pray and agree with God over this week in those lives. Those kids that stood, those ones that are back there with Katie and Melissa, those that are working in vacation Bible school, you do not know as a worker right now the divine appointment you might have Wednesday. You might have Tuesday. You might have tomorrow night. So you're going to bloom where God put you. And you might think, well, I wasn't going to work here, but they put me over here, and uh, it's not my choice, but I'll do it because I love Jesus. All right? <laughs> Sorry, somebody's like, that's me. Who told on me? All right? <laughs> I'm just saying you're where God wants you. You might think you're not where you want to be, but you're exactly where he wants you to be. Miss A was right where God wanted Miss A. And I was right where I needed to be at that season. So I want you, if you've got people close to you that stood or whatever, if you'll extend a hand or if you're comfortable putting a hand on them, I want to pray over Vacation Bible School and over each person that stood. Father, we love you. And God, we come into agreement with the Creator who made this who made them, God. You created them. You knit them together. They're fearfully and wonderfully made. And God, if they're a worker and serving in vacation Bible school, God, you have absolutely put them right where they need to be for such a time as this, God. I pray you give them a divine appointment. I pray their eyes are open to the kid or even the adult that needs life spoken into them. For all the children, God, that are coming to vacation Bible school, God, I pray in the name of Jesus. God, that you will write your name all over their life this week. And for many of them, God, many of them will give their life to Christ for the very first time. We'll see kids saved this week because that's what you're, that's what you're all about, God, and that's what you wanna do. So God, we pray in advance for all that you're gonna do because, God, we're not touching the, the church of tomorrow or the future. We're touching the church of today, God. You're raising up a mighty army of children who have no fear because they know who their God is. God, they will not look left or right, but their eyes are fixed on their king. And they have a commander and his name is Jesus. So God, I thank you for a church that believes in children, that believes in Vacation Bible School, God. And I pray that you do great and powerful things in it. God, we love you. And God, as we go outside in a little bit, I pray, God, that you will give us great time of fellowship as we love on each other. God, greeting one another with a holy kiss is just worship back to you. And so I thank you for sweet fellowship that you just sweeten with your presence. God, we love you and we thank you for today. In Christ's name, amen. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from the church at Bushland. We exist to help people know God find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. We hope you will stay connected by following the ministry on Facebook and Instagram, by using the Church at Bushland, and on Twitter by using at TCA Bushland.